think we're good now. There you go. We're good. Let's see a little clock line there. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So we are going to Hebrews 7. We're going to be talking today about Hebrews 7, verses 11 through 19. What a blessing this uh, series has been to me. I hope it has been to all of you as well. I would never know this passage. Not that I know it completely, but I would never know it as well as I do um, if I didn't have to dig into it and study it. Um, So Hebrews 7, verses 11 through 19. Now, perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, but on the basis of it, the people received the law. What further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be designated according to the order of Aaron? When the priesthood is changed of necessity, there takes place a change of law also. For the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, a tribe with reference to which Moses spoke nothing concerning priests. And this is clearer still, if another priest arises according to the likeness of Melchizedek, who has become such not on the basis of a law of physical requirement, but according to the power of an indestructible life. For it is attested of him, you are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. For on the other hand, there is a setting aside of a former commandment because of its weakness and uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. And on the other hand, there is a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. Wow, huh? (laughs) Um, Alright, question. We're going to start off with a question right from the get-go. Um... What was the most quoted Old Testament verse in the New Testament? Excuse me? Quoted verse. Verse? Verse. Oh, yeah, the verse. I'm sorry. Hearing aids aren't working. The oldest, the, the Old Testament verse most quoted in the New Testament. Psalm 110. Which is just amazing, too, because it is quoted directly or alluded to indirectly at least 27 times. Just amazing how God works. He introduces Melchizedek in Genesis 14. Then around a thousand years later, David speaks of him by the power of the Holy Spirit in Psalm 110. Then another thousand years later, he appears in the book of Hebrews as a major character. Amazing. It really is. Okay, so the word that kept coming to my mind preparing for this study in these verses was supersede. Mm-hmm. When I repair vehicles or, or a piece of equipment, a lot of times I've done the same repairs previously over and over again. And it's not because I'm doing it wrong, although that has happened. <laughs> but it's because the pot is weak. It's a poor design. And it just doesn't do its job and hold up. So from time to time when I'm ordering a pot, people selling that pot tell me that piece I'm looking for has been superseded Mm -hmm. with a new piece, a later version. That's good news because they knew something wasn't right, so they improved it to a much better design. 
The Webster Dictionary describes supersede as um, A, to cause to be set aside, B, to force out of use as inferior, C, to take the place or position of, and D, to displace in favor of another. All apply. So, well, well, what's happening here, the new covenant is superseding the old. And don't think of the new covenant as plan B for God. Plan A for redemption since the fall has always been Jesus. The Levitical system with the priest and the law was designed weak and the flaws to show the supremacy of Jesus Christ. And we will see this this morning in the passages. Um, our, our Pastor Austin says the New Testament is concealed in the Old, but the Old is, Testament is revealed in the New. And um, that's exactly what's happening here. I was talking to Brother Seth a couple of weeks ago, and I said one commentator um, that I was reading said, imagine if we had no Old Testament at all. And all of a sudden, Jesus Christ shows up on the scene and says, Hey, I'm here to, to die for your sins. What, what would you do with that? We had nothing. We, we, we couldn't relate. We couldn't figure it out. And, and so, um, it's just perfect how God um, uses all things for His glory and for our good. So, um, the author of Hebrews is telling us so far through this book that Jesus is God's final word to all mankind. He is seated at the right hand of God, Father Almighty. He is far better than the angels. He is far better than Moses. His priesthood is way far better than all the other Levitical priests put together. The new covenant is far better than the old. And we have received a much better promise that is grounded in a far better superior sacrifice. We are kind of at a mountaintop here where the author wants his recipients to see how Jesus fits in perfectly into the Old Testament scriptures. The arrival of the new has come and the old has passed away. So three main points I'd like to establish this morning with us. The first point is there was another kind of priesthood that was needed all along. Mm -hmm. The second point is it's here and it's Jesus. Mm -hmm. And the third point is that application. Because of that, we draw near. Last week, our brother Barry did an excellent job in introducing us to a priest named Melchizedek and his superior priesthood. And Barry set the sage, stage, so to speak, to demonstrate the superiority of Melchizedek's priesthood to the Levitical order. But Melchizedek was a type, a picture. Put yourself this morning in the position of the Jewish nations, the people that this book has been written to, who have been practicing their religion in the temple for centuries. Traditions are a hard thing to break. And this is a very radical change for the Jewish nation. The Jewish nation rightly believed that God had ordained the traditions and practices of the Mosaic law centuries before Christ. They worked their lives around the Sabbath worship and the yearly feasts. The priests worked and regulated the worship at the temple. The sacrifices and rules for ceremony cleansing were all spelled out in the law. As a Jew, to challenge this practice was to risk your life. Tradition can be good if it is truth. If it's not truth, it can destroy. There are things we have to let go of sometimes in life to receive the truth. Um, years ago, on a, a church that I was in, there was a, a man that came faithfully and he was a Jew, practicing Jew. His wife was saved. And um, I had many conversations with that man. And at one point, he held on to his tradition so firmly 
that he said, if you mean to tell me that if Jesus Christ is the only way to God the Father and all my ancestors are in hell, then that's where I want to be. I said, wow. Wow. So those roots can go deep. Since then, this man's become a Messianic Jew, which is kind of hard to figure out and explain with all this writings. Um, but anyway, um, hopefully he is right with God. But these changes that were taking place with the priesthood and the law um, were radical. These are the charges they brought against Stephen that they spoke against that he spoke against the holy place and the law. For we heard him say that this Nazarene, Jesus, will destroy this place and alter the customs which Moses handed down to us. They used these rule, these um, words to rile up the elders and the scribes and they dragged him away and stoned him to death. That's Acts 6. So now the author of Hebrews has a huge task before him to convince these people that Jesus is the priest of all priests, of all peoples, of all nations. Uh, verse 11. Now, perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, for on the basis of it the people received the law. What further need was there for another priest to arise according to the order of Melchizedek and not be designated according to the order of Aaron? Uh, the first word I like to point out here is the little word if, because we got two of them, one in verse 11 and one in 15. Um, the one in verse 11 is a negative if. The one in 15 will be a positive one. I'll point that out again um, when we get to it. But the question is, um, if perfection was through the Levitical priesthood, why mess with it? Why change it? Leave it alone. Um, the word perfection here means the condition in which men are acceptable to God. A condition in which we are acceptable, acceptable to God is salvation. It is being covered by the blood of Christ. That's, that's, this is the key point, so I'm going to read it one more time. The word perfection here means the condition in which men are acceptable to God. A condition in which we are acceptable to God is salvation. It's being covered by the blood of Christ. The word perfection in Hebrews is access to God. Not the, the spiritual maturity of a Christian. Hebrews 10.14 says, For by one offering he has perfected for all times those who are being sanctified. He's perfected them. He's covered them. He's given them access to the holies of holies. Um, so in other words, a person is perfected when by Christ's sacrifice and God's saving grace he's given full access to God in Christ. Think of the veil in the temple. Levitical priesthood could not provide this full access. Um, the, the, the Levitical priesthood um, failed, but it failed because it, it couldn't work. It couldn't do what God was in, intended it to do eventually in Christ Jesus. Are, we, are you with me? Are you following me? Okay, good. Good. Um, Jesus said, No one comes to the Father but through me. In John 14.6, Jesus was speaking to Jews, to those under the Old Covenant, the Levitical priesthood. You have to be covered by the blood to come into the presence of God. Um, perfection did not come through the Levitical priesthood. So salvation did not come through the Levitical priesthood. The ultimate goal of God, of sinful depraved man, is to 
I'm sorry. The ultimate goal of sinful, depraved man is to come into the presence of a holy God. This is what every human being needs. Um, God desires all to be able to come into his presence by honoring his son by trusting, saving faith. Ezekiel 18.23 says, Do I have any pleasure in the death of the wicked, declares the Lord God, rather that they would, should turn from his ways and live. Second Peter 3.9, The Lord is not slow about his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. God is patient, praise God. God is long-suffering, praise God, for man to repent and believe by faith. Mm -hmm. So the question is this morning, the work of the priests of the line of Levi aimed at bringing about an acceptability, but they failed. Why? Why did they fail? How did it fail? How did the priest feel? Yeah. It was set up to fail. Amen. It was a setup. It was a setup. <laughs> it was a setup. <laughs> it was a setup for Jesus, for the coming of yeah, Jesus. Amen. amen. But it revealed the heart of men, which, which men are satisfied with routine and uh, ceremonial actions that they think have some sort of merit before God. Mm. Uh, it was effective in that respect. The emptiness of that, that whole thing has been pointed out. Amen. Amen. And in a sense, it kind of promoted legalism, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Which is a scary thing. Barry. I think that the, the law was, this is my opinion, uh, Paul says to show sin. So the people should have realized the law couldn't do it. So they were prophesied, they were given a promise of a Messiah. They were to long for the Messiah. But they longed for a different type of Messiah, one to free them from the Romans and from other nations. And that wasn't what God was. Amen. So their longing should have been more from their discontentment of a, a bad conscience and a guiltiness and a sense of wanting to be pure mm. rather than defeating enemies on the earth. Amen. Right? Anyone else? Pat, do you have any? Well, I was just thinking of the show I was watching last night was, well, I was doing something, but the boy was saying that he just had this felt bad about doing something. He said, there's this monster living inside me. <laughs> His mother said, that's not a monster, that's your conscience. <laughs> Amen. And, and uh, it'll bother you as long as it's supposed to. She said something like that. You know nice, I mean? nice. When it's done doing its job, you know? this wasn't even a Christian show. It's just you know, right? Just uh, yeah. Thank God for that. Amen. 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 Okay. Um, so the words in the parentheses in verse eleven show that the law and the priesthood were closely uh, connected. We ought not think of the law and the priesthood as two quite separate things that were operative at the same time. Um, the, bri the priesthood is the very basis of the law. How is that so? How is the priesthood the basis of the law? Think about that. You have to go to that. the priest for your sacrifices. Right. You have to all the time. Right. Right. That's just part of their religion. Right. God, God spelled it out. God, God spelled it out what you were to do for the for the covering of your sin, mm -hmm. and who was to do it? You had to be a Levite, Tony. Is the witness that they needed to be a mediator between man and God, and that yeah. was the priest. Mm. However, he was, you know, at the, in the Old Testament, um, we see that the priesthood was imperfect. Mm. Right. Because so be a new priesthood. Right. Right. And we'll get to that part. Um. 
With the priesthood, it would be impossible for the law to operate in its full... Without the priesthood, it would be impossible for the law to operate in its fullness. The Aaronic priesthood was not, was not succeeding and so had to be replaced by a more effective priesthood. The Levitical priesthood sacrifices merely cover sin. They could not remove it. They may have been a degree of forgiveness, but it was never comprehensive. It left them with guilt, not grace. Go ahead, Tony. Just real quick. If we remember the priest in the Levitical system had to make a sacrifice for himself first. Amen. Right. Right. And that's another good point that we're going to elaborate on in a little bit here. So it left them with guilt, not grace. It reveals sin, but it didn't remove sin. Um, permanent access to God can only come through Jesus in the new covenant and the new priesthood. Um, I'm going to have us read some scriptures here. Would someone um, read Hebrews 10, 1 and 2? Mark. And then Hebrews 9, 8 and 9. Thank you. And um, Jeremiah 23, 5. Barry, will you grab that one? And Greg, will you take Hebrews 10, 4? And I'll tell you guys when to read it. But um, Hebrews 10, 1 and 2. That one for us, Mark. The law is only a shadow of the, of the good things that are coming, not the realities themselves. For this reason, it can be... It can never but for this reason it can never by the same sacrifices repeated endlessly year after year make perfect those who draw near to worship. Mm. If it could, would they not have stopped being offered? For the worshippers would have been cleansed once for all and would no longer have been felt would no longer have felt guilty for their sins. Amen. Amen. Spells it out perfectly. Notice the words in there. Year by year, continually made these um, sacrifices, but they couldn't make perfect. There's our word. For those who draw near. And that's what we, we, we want to do, is draw near. Uh, and they, they no longer, they couldn't cleanse their conscience of sin. Alright, who's got Hebrews 9, 8 and 9? Uh, I don't have just just comment. I, the thing that ought to be so obvious to even the Roman Catholic priesthood is when you attend that Roman Catholic, and I, I remember enough of it from a kid, mm. and every single week, week after week, Lord, receive the sacrifice at your hands. Mm. Every week. Every day. Every day, right. Every day, right. Lord, receive this sacrifice. Right. That's... Mm. Right. The more, right. The more truth we know, um, many of us here probably grew up as Catholics. I know mm. I did. And the more truth that we know, know after being saved and coming out of Catholicism, I think the more angry it makes us. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I actually had a, um, a fight of wars with a priest at a funeral. Nice! Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got this whole Catholic family and um, they wanted me to do, be a part of the, um, the Mass for this funeral. And I'm in uh, right here in Southbridge. I'm in the back room with the priest, and he's telling me what he wants me to do. And I'm saying, I'm not. I can't do that. He's having me praying for dead people. I said, I'm not doing that. He goes, Why wouldn't you? I goes, As I blast him, I told him, I goes, You know what? You and I are so far apart, like night and day. I mean, I basically told him everything other than that he was a child of Satan. Um, and we. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, come on, you know? My goodness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, um, and, and any religion...
that continues to have a priest. How dare they? No. You know? How dare they? Because people, people love it because they're desperate. They're, where else were they going to go if that's all they've ever heard? Mm. Joyce's priest it. called me a bigot. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Some odd years ago. <laughs> my mother couldn't understand what family when we first everybody. And I said, Mom, they're not going to let go of what they know until God opens their eyes to something better. Right. Because they don't want to be left with nothing. Look at our teenagers today, many of them. No religion at all. Mm-hmm. And look at the suicide rate. And look mm-hmm. at the drugs. And look at seeking okay. escape from the from this awful world. Mm-hmm. And and it's b- because they don't know anything else. Right. At least as Roman Catholics, I grew up as a good person. I wasn't going to heaven, right. but I was a good person. It kept me out of a lot of trouble. That's what the law was supposed to do with the Jews: keep them, keep the nation in existence until Christ came, because it would have destroyed itself before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just um, it's, an, it's an amazing thing. It really is. Um, someone else have a hand up, comment on this. But anyway, um, there's only one priest, and we know that truth now. Um, praise God. All right, who's got Hebrews nine, eight, and nine? Go ahead, Martin. The Holy Spirit indicating this that the way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, hmm. while the first tabernacle was still standing. It was symbolic for the present time in which both gifts and sacrifices are offered which cannot make him who performs the service perfect in regard to the conscience. Amen. 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 So uh, there was an emptiness there but uh, while, while you were reading that I was thinking like you said why people like priests because it shows that they too were originally created to worship God and there's something missing there and they want it um, but they're going the wrong way about it, and, and they're, they're lost, basically, <laughs> definitely lost. Uh, I remember years ago, I used to work out with this older man, and nice guy, and um, he would go to church every Sunday, Catholic church, and he was deaf, and I would say to him, I go, why do you, why do you like it there? You know, I try to figure out, try to get in a conversation and engage him here into uh, telling him about Jesus. And he goes, I don't know. He goes, I, I feel better when I leave, though. I feel like I feel like I'm close to the guy, and I did something that uh, makes me better. But he couldn't even hear what the priest was saying. Never mind, understand what he was saying. <laughs> you know, but yet it still made him feel better, and that continues to bring him there. So it just goes to show you. My point is, is that there's a longing, there's a there's something in us, a vacuum in us created by God, and only He can fill it. Me, there's something about uh, if you there's a priest in, uh, involved in your life or in people's lives, it's a place to unload the responsibility for your sin. Or you know, uh, mm-hmm. otherwise you you are responsible for all of the uh, all the sins that you know you've committed. I think it's just a way of trying to unload that mm-hmm. and, and dump it on somebody else who is supposedly in the business of um, dealing with sin. Mm-hmm. Amen. I can remember as a as a Catholic, and I mean, I, we were faithful to church and catechism, and that was my favorite part was confession. Believe it or not, um, yeah, it was my favorite part. I loved that part. I think I think I I could have been like a um, a Martin Luther and kept coming back. Wait, wait, I forgot. I just remembered another one. Randy's a confessor. Right, But no, there's there's something about that. That's why we're told to confess our sins to one another. There's a cleansing there. There's a you know, there's a forgiveness. Amen. Amen. 
that I think of uh, Pilgrim's Progress and the burden on the back, you know. Um, but it doesn't change them, though, because when they do the same thing the next week, they right. have to keep confessing, and that right. isn't made perfect if it has to be repeated. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that ties into perfectly to what the, um, the uh, Levitical priesthood was all about. Mm. So notice um, the word arisen, or, or risen, ar- arise or risen in verse 11 and 15. It could be translated spring up. It may be used of the rising of a star or of the spring up of a shoot from the roots of David. Jeremiah 23.5. Who did they give that to? Yes. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. Amen. Amen. But, um, I, maybe it was 25 and 6. And he, and he will reign as king and act wisely and do justice and righteous in the land. So, Jesus was raised up, raised up to be this high priest for us. Um, the purpose of the priesthood was to reconcile men to God through sacrificing for sin. But this priesthood could only picture, could only point to the perfect righteousness of the blood of Christ. Hebrews 10.4 uh, Because it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sin. Amen. There it is. There it is in a, in, in, a, in a nutshell. Impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Verse 12. For when the priesthood is changed in necessity, it takes a place of change of law also. We can see how the priesthood and the law are so closely connected. A change in one involves a change in the other. It was a change of necessity, the scripture says. The author is speaking more than the office of priesthood from one person to another. He is speaking of one kind of priesthood to a completely different kind of priesthood. Uh, A priesthood like Melchizedek differs fundamentally from after the order of Aaron. Um, Jesus is not another Aaron. He replaces Aaron with a priesthood that is both different and better. Denise. Amen. 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 That's right. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Um, So with the old priesthood going out, along with it goes the law that had been erected with the priesthood as its basis. Um, The lacking of the Levitical priesthood, the law, with the lacking of the Levitical priesthood, the law had to give way. The law had lost its foundation, so there must be a change in law. Um, new priest, new law as it pertains to priesthood sacrifices. Uh, change means to put one thing in place of another. The new priesthood after the order of Melchizedek was not added to Aaron's but replaced it. Um, so the question is, what is the change of the law? Because we've got to be careful about this because we don't want to say that um, w- uh, with the coming in of Jesus Christ, um, the old temple um, services and their sacrifices were done away with and um, the law went with it. So now, what does that mean? It's okay to murder? What law? What does that mean that the law went with it? Which law? So, God would write the law on your heart. Mm-hmm. If you want again. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Um, there was certain laws, though. There was there were ceremonial laws. There was the Decalogue, which is the Ten Commandments. Um, in some places in the New Testament, I believe the word law, Paul uses it to refer to the whole Old Testament. Um, so we've got to be careful with that. It, it, there was a certain portion of the law that had to um, give way when the priesthood went, but it was mostly the ceremonial law, the law that pertained to the priest and the temple and the sacrifices and the going into the Holy of Holies, that law. Go ahead, Todd. The context of Hebrews is, I believe, referring to the binding of the conscience Mm-hmm. The relationship that the law of Moses no longer binds the conscience because now our conscience is bound to the spirit of the law of Christ. Amen. And therefore, we have, we have this new living way which uh, guilt is fully removed, mm. uh, where the priest did not have that. Amen. And uh, so Reisinger would have said that. Who would have said that? I'm not smart enough for that one, but John Reisinger would have. Okay. <laughs> Good. All right. So. The change in the law is seen is that Jesus did not belong to the tribe recognized by the law as a priestly tribe. Um, in verse 13 and 14, for the one concerning whom these things are spoken belongs to another tribe from which no one has officiated at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord was descended from Judah, a tribe which reference to which Moses spoke nothing concerning the priest. Um, Think of it, how about this, that Jesus in the Old Testament wouldn't be able to have been a priest because he came from the tribe of Judah. We put a little twist on it there. Right? Um, One commentator said that some of the Jews might have been expecting that there was two messiahs. one, One coming from the tribe of Judah as king and one coming from the tribe of um, the Levites as priests. Um, they couldn't put it together that you, you could have one in this, both in the, and one in the same, which is pretty cool. Um, the change, the author says it's evident, crystal clear, there was no debating the point that Jesus was from Judah. Um, so that, that, was, that wasn't challenged with these people. So obviously, um, because of the genealogy, um, it was evident, it was clear. Um, and his tribe was a royal tri- tribe. Um, so Jesus' priestly quali- qualifications obviously were not hereditary. Levitical priest was a type, temporary and imperfect, changed to Jesus, Melchizedek-like priesthood, real, eternal, and perfect. Um, no- notice the difference there? In other words... Um, in order to be um, a Levitical priest, you, it was, you had to be born into it. It was who your dad was. Um, whether you wanted it or not, it didn't, it didn't mean that you were a godly or a spiritual person. Hopefully, you know, especially if you became a high priest, Mark. It's almost like when God, okay, God set up the, priest, the Levitical priesthood, and, and the, the Jews latched onto that and said, this is the only way it can be. Hmm. And yet they had the example of Melchizedek, who was chosen as a priest, a, a priest for, to God, hmm. and, and it just makes me uh, think that you know the Jews couldn't grasp the idea that something that had been established was the, wasn't the only way. In hmm. God's economy, he can he selects his own priesthood. Hmm. I mean, are we not called priests hmm. in this in this current right. age? Royal priesthood. So God selects the priest, not 
not the Jews saying, okay, this can only be Levites. Mm. Um, and that's obviously they couldn't accept Jesus as, as, as priest. Mm. But uh, I think they have a real hard time saying that any one of us is a priest. Mm. Right. Um, think of it this way too, that um, being born into it and, and not being spiritually um, ready for it or what it, what it all involved or, or, or what am I trying to say or not being right with God and being a priest um, and you living next to them or knowing them because they're in your community say your high priest is your neighbor or say your priest is your neighbor and um, you see he's got sins just like you he, he has bad days just like you you know he yells at his wife from time to time. He may yell at his kids. He kicked his camel. Whatever. <laughs> you know, he, he has bad days. You know, and not only that, he dies. Right? Yeah. He, he dies. What, now what do you do? Your priest just died. Supposing you were living next to Eli's sons. Mm. There you go. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know? Right. Right. No. So, it, so th- there's a big, a, a, a huge difference there, where one being born and 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 actually Jesus was born into the priesthood, if you you could say that, because he was born for that. Todd. Well, I, I'm just going to say, you know, technically, historically, the Jews just weren't ready for a new covenant change, mm-hmm. change of law, change of priesthood, change of tribe, mm-hmm. whole different paradigm, mm-hmm. and. It is the reason they were they were steeped in their tradition mm-hmm. and their their mindset that uh, Paul talked about that that uh, they established the righteousness of their own through that law, mm. uh, rather than looking at the law as Paul taught again that the law was just acting as a tutor to drive us to a time of reformation, mm. which is change, mm. absolute change. Amen. And they just weren't ready for it. Right. Um, I'm not certain if they ever would have been ready for it. What time in history would they be ready for it? If, if Jesus wasn't the Messiah, think of it, and I think it would be a challenge to your Jewish friends. In 500 years, are you still ready for a reformation mm-hmm. when Messiah comes to fulfill all these Old Testament promises? Right. Because that's what those promises uh, uh, state. Is it's a time of reformation. Jeremiah 31 is one of the biggest. Right. Yeah. Mark? And the thing is, you know, uh, the Jews at that point had been brought to a point of being very low in their uh, national self-esteem. They mm-hmm. were under the thumb of the Romans. They couldn't get much worse. Mm-hmm. And they couldn't, I think, you know, Todd is, is really right. They, they still wouldn't, they never would have gotten They still haven't gotten it. Uh, uh, you know, there's still synagogues around. There's still uh, people pursuing the Jewish religion. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're blinded, but that's you know, the sight is a gift of God. Right. I was, I was um, when I was doing some research on the internet, and I was researching Psalm 110, and um, I came across this um, Jewish site where this rabbi um, spells out how um, Christians took the words and manipulated them when they were um, when they were writing the canon, when they were writing the New Testament. And uh, changed words that weren't there. And it's like that's amazing, you know, where they go with this stuff, you know. That it was like like that was the setup that Jesus was the most uh, existence and, and continuation. Right, right, wow. right. I, but on the other hand, too, there is passages in the Old Testament where God says He established this forever, um, mm. and um, 
And and the Melchizedek thing, like I say, he comes up for a little bit, and then 500 years later, he comes up again with David, thank God. So there wasn't a lot there, you know? Right. Um, it, it was kind of hidden, but for a reason, That's for the perfect timing. Huh? So why God has always demanded that we only come to Him by faith. Amen. To understand that there are spiritual ramifications to the literal promises that God gave. Right. Right. So. Right. Amen. Okay. Um, so the Greek word here in um, verse 15 for an other, um, the Greek word alos means another that is an additional one of the same kind. The word used for Verse 15 is heteros, where we get the word heterosexual, which means another of a different kind. So, it's like saying, um, I had a good analogy. It's like saying, if I took my, my wood stove and I replaced it, with, I changed it with another wood stove. But if I took my wood stove and I changed it and I put in a pellet stove, still burns wood, pellets, ground up wood, but it's a total different kind, total different concept. It's still heat, you know what I mean? Or if you had a, um, you had a foreign car, a small foreign car, because you like the gas models, and you changed it, and you bought another fo- small foreign car, different model, but it's the same kind. But if you bought a Cadillac, it's still a car, but it's a completely different car. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of what he's getting at here with these words that it, the the priesthood was changed, but for a totally different kind, completely different. If it was going, if it was going to be the same kind, he, it would have been through the line of Aaron, but it wasn't. It was through the line of Judah. So the difference here is Jesus, being the eternal Son, has the internal qualifications of being the great high priest. Priest, based on what he is God, um, he is the sacrifice, he is risen from David. Um, however good the priestly office was of the Levites, it could not be guaranteed that they would be worthy of it. And we talked about this. The idea of uh, inward personal power was lacking, but not so in the case of Jesus Christ. Christ's priesthood is superior because of his life, because of his victory over death. Jesus died like all the Levitical priests did, but the grave couldn't hold him. Um, Who else did that? Who else? No one. Only Jesus beat death. Um, now that's a priest we want to follow. A priest of an indestructible life, the verse says. Jesus' death was part of his ministry. Jesus does what Aaron couldn't do. He makes us fit. Um, he makes us perfect to come into the presence of God. And there he anchors us eternally. There's some security. We spoke of the word risen in verses 11 and 15 and the phrase could actually be translated another priest arises by himself that's verse 15 another priest arises by himself think about that what what kind of implications can we take from that statement another priest rises from by himself how did Jesus how did Jesus appear on the scene the virgin birth right and essentially you could say seeing Jesus is God that he gave birth to himself right um, the resurrection the grave couldn't hold him um, 
No priestly ancestry at all? So, Jesus has an indestructible life. Hebrews uh, 9, 24 and 25. Who wants to read that one? Go ahead, Bev. Christ has entered not into holy places made with hands, which are copies of the true things, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God on our behalf. Nor was it to offer himself repeatedly as the high priest enters the holy places every year with blood, not his own. Amen. Amen. His own blood. A one-time sacrifice. Not the blood of bulls and goats. Um, so verse 18 and 19. For on the other hand, there is a setting aside of a former commandment because of its weakness and useless, uselessness. For the law made nothing perfect. And on the other hand, there is a bringing in of a better hope through which we draw near to God. So at this point, the priests are out of a job. The law is weak and useless and ineffective. The law is right and a true standard, but no power to change a life. Like Bev said earlier, it had nothing to do with the heart. The law perfected no one. The law could not and cannot change the heart. The law um, perfected no one, but shows that all were imperfect, right? Um, God took the Mosaic legislation and the priesthood and brought in a better, a better hope. And that has been there has been a setting aside, the, the verse says. This is a, a legal language, a knowing of a treaty, the removal of a name on a document as if it was never there. Made obsolete, superseded, entire sacrificial system canceled out because of its weakness and uselessness. That's amazing. A better hope by which we draw near to God. What's the better hope? The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aaron Lyon, a priest, had been set aside by God and replaced with Jesus. He has set aside the old and imperfect and has replaced it with a new and perfect. You want to say something, Todd, don't you? I do. <laughs> I didn't raise my hand you. <laughs> I can tell just by the way you're looking at me. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm just thinking it's a great subject. You know, Paul talks that if salvation comes through the law, it would have come through the law. Hmm. But he also says in Romans 8.3 um, for what the law could not do weak as it was through the flesh not that the law was weak mm. it truly demonstrated the righteousness of God mm. the high standards that no man Amen. could ever meet but it was weak through the flesh because man thought somehow in his own righteousness he could live the law right. and then he says in, uh, and I kind of semi-repeating what I did before for not knowing about God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own. They do not subject themselves to the righteousness of God. We have that today. Hmm. An ignorant society that does not subject themselves or even have any knowledge of the righteousness of God. Hmm. And, Amen. And, and, and therefore, our preaching has to demonstrate not only the sinfulness of sin, hmm. but also the holiness of... Amen. I was thinking of that this morning. It was like almost... We should have done like a study of the holiness of God before coming into this, um, just to set the stage, so to speak, to see um, what kind of God we're dealing with here. You know, so often we lose that. Um, where if we can continually think about that, it, it'll change your life as a believer. 
um, if you continue to meditate on the holiness of God and how pure He is, how the angels themselves cover their eyes, mm-hmm. you know, um, just mm-hmm. amazing. All right. Um, so the word weakness and uselessness. Go ahead, Ken. No, I, I, oh, I'm sorry. I just wanted to add to something that Todd was saying because he said half of what I wanted to say. But the other thing about the law is that, and even now, whenever you have a law. We're always looking for loopholes. Right. 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 Name one law that there hasn't been a loophole looked for. Right. And that's exactly what happened then. I mean, even Jesus called the the people who taught the law and the people who were supposed to be upholding the law whitewashed too. Mm. It's like a a living in denial. Mm. No, I'm not that bad because, you know, I I can really, you know, navigate this. I can do that. Right. We're always looking for loopholes, and that's why Jesus had to live the perfect life, and that's why He had to instill in us with the spirit of the law. It covers mm. everything. There's no escaping it. Amen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Good point. Good point. It's like um, the wet paint side, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, well, you see the lie, you say, well, maybe you know we can manipulate it where um, it is all right, you know. Yeah. Go ahead, Mark. I think for the believer, even the Ten Commandments are superseded by the two laws of the love of God and the love of Christ and the love of your neighbor. Mm-hmm. If you have your eyes on that, you're not going to look at the law mm. because you're looking at Him and you're looking at the Spirit that's in you. God has given Amen. you to overcome. Right. Because if I look at the law, I'm still a dirty, rotten sinner. Mm. And we have no power. The law never gave anyone power to overcome their sinfulness. Mm-hmm. Amen. Just by looking at, oh, I'm not going to. I could say, before I was saved, yeah, I didn't do any of those. I didn't do any of those. Mm. I was like Paul. I kept the law blameless. And you know something? What law was it? The Ten Commandments. Mm. He wasn't a priest, so it wasn't, wasn't the, the sacrificial law. Right. It was a Pharisee. And that's what the people in the world do. They look at the Ten Commandments. Oh, I'm, I'm not. No, I'm not saying all. Right. You know, but I'm, I'm a pretty good person. Like she said, looking for loopholes. Well, it really isn't that severe. Hmm. You're always going to look at the law that way if you don't look at the two. The, on, the Ten Commandments hang on those two. Hmm. So I'm not. If you're looking down at what's hanging, you're not looking at the best. Right. And that's what the Book of Hebrews is about. It's the best. Mm-hmm. And that's what mm-hmm. we're to look for. If I love the Lord and I seek to serve out of an attitude of love, mm-hmm. I don't spend my time thinking about my sin. You can't think about your sin and about Him at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's impossible. You can't be meditating about Him and, and thinking about your sin. Mm-hmm. It should be constant cancel, 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 cancel. And I'm not saying I'm, anybody in this life is perfect. Mm-hmm. But many times it's our motivation he calls us an account to. What are my motives? Do I want to serve him? Do I want to love him? Hmm. And he many times calls the motive as good as the yeah. yeah, And You're speaking of Matthew 22, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, oh, mind, and soul. Right. Love your neighbor no as yourself. That's the highest that right. there is. And to try to tell people, you got to oh, you got to get rid of your sin. You got to get rid of your sin. The sin never goes out of your mind until you get the right relationship. Right. Well, how good do you have to be to get into heaven? Right. Pat. Paul calls the Mosaic Law the ministry of death. Mm. Yeah. Right. Amen. 
And it can never kill the sin in you anyway. Right. It only makes it worse. Right. Right. All right. We got to wrap it up here. Um, <laughs> okay. So, um, so we got a better hope. So, which we draw near to God. What's the better hope? The gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aaron Lyon, a priest, had been set aside by God and replaced with Jesus. He was set aside the old and the imperfect and he replaced it with the new and the perfect. The words weakness and uselessness reminds me of what Paul was dealing with in Galatians with the Judaizers and also in the book of Colossians. Galatians 3, 1 says, You foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? This is the only thing I want to find out about you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of the faith? Are you so foolish are you so foolish having begun by the Spirit are you now being perfected by the flesh Galatians 4 9 but now that you have come to know God or rather to be known by God how is it that you have turned back again to listen to these words the same words weak and worthless elementary things to which you desire to be enslaved all over again weak and useless Um, so it has to be a clean break from the old to the new um, we can't hang on to power. Peter struggles with this, right? It's not, this is not what Galatians is about, that Paul trained him out by hanging on to some of the, um, the regulations, the laws of the old, going back to it. You know, That's what I mean about tradition. Um, it, it, it can really hang you up. Um, so now we're bringing in a new hope of being made perfect, acceptable to God because of our high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, God's desire for mankind is for them to come to Him. We just saw that because of our better hope, our better covenant, our superior high priest, we can be made perfect and we can now draw near. And that's what the application is for us today, is to draw near. Uh, This is the Christian uh, experience of God and His grace, to come to know Him better in all circumstances, good and bad. Um... Listen to what Paul, we'll end with this. Listen to what Paul wrote or prayed that he was praying for the the people in Ephesus. That he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in the inner man so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints that which is the breadth, the length, the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge that you may be filled up to the fullness of God. That's what we have. That's what we're drawing there for, to be filled up with the fullness of God. All right. Brother Ken, will you close us in prayer this morning? Mm-hmm. At least we'll start recording and then...